1: Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the City of Angels, and it's brought to you by Farmers. At Farmers, we've seen almost everything, so we know how to cover almost anything when it's game time. Have an experienced player, help you stay out of the game, put their experience into play at Farmers.com. We are Farmers! we got a lot to get to today. A lot to get to. Landon Collins, who is now a Washington Redskin, will join us. We'll ask him about his relationship with... His former general manager, Dave Gettleman, uh, he's had some interesting things to say, uh, Collins has, in terms of what led to his departure from the New York Giants. We'll get him uh, later on in the show. We have an outstanding jam-packed show for you. Chris Haynes will join us in 20 minutes. Yahoo! NBA insider Jason locke is going to join us. Katino Mobley will join us. Quick uh, news update. This is what I love about this particular time slot is we get to react to news of the day. uh, Sham Sharania from Stadium Sports reports that Kevin Durant is uh, unlikely to play in game one. The team has actually released info uh, reiterating that or iterating it if they think it came out first. And that's where he got it from. But if you look at it, it also says that DeMarcus Cousins is expected to play in the NBA Finals. So help is on the way for the Warriors, but it will likely not arrive in the form of Kevin Durant in Game 1. Also, the NBA teams are out, and Kevin Durant is not on the first-team All-NBA team. It also ends a run of 11 consecutive years where LeBron James was first-team All-NBA team all nba Obviously, his contracted season because of injuries led to him to only being third team All NBA. I don't think he was snubbed. I think Brad Beal, who had an outstanding year, was snubbed. Played, uh, I think, all but one game for the Wizards, put up ridiculous numbers, and because the Wizards weren't good, he received no love. Clay Thompson also didn't get All NBA love. That hurts Clay Thompson. He cannot be a Supermax player because of it. We'll, we'll explain that, but. Uh, in terms of dollars and cents, I think it's like a $50 million difference over the lifetime of his new contract that he can sign this offseason. So fascinating stuff going on. Do you like James Bond movies? I feel like the Houston Rockets are a James Bond movie. This from Sham Sharania of The Athletic. There was something of a clash of styles brewing between the Rockets this season With members of the team like Chris Paul having spirited discussions with Mike Dantoni about the offense, pushing for more movement, league sources told The Athletic. The type of fast paced, ball moving offense is what Dantoni thrived with in Phoenix, and the two time coach of the year credits. uh, To to, to the two time coach of the year's credit, he's adapted it in Houston to allow James Harden to succeed in his game. Sharani later added. But Harden and Paul had some tense moments with one another throughout the game, throughout game six, culminating in a verbal back and forth post game that went in the locker room. Sources with knowledge of the situation told The Athletic that a verbal exchange happened between Harden and Paul regarding ball distribution through game six. By the time the remainder of the, uh, the remainder of the locker room was ready to talk, Paul and Harden had gone their separate ways. Chris Paul swiftly making his way to the post-game podium and the Rockets dispensed with exit interviews this year. So the media hasn't been able to ask Paul or Harden about the disappointment. I like James Bond movies, but I've seen enough of them to know this is generally the way it works, right? Starts with a scene of incredible action where someone who we perceive to be James Bond is met with a near-death experience. And somehow, he overcomes that near-death experience. There are car explosions, there are sirens, there are guns, sometimes there are knives, and there's definitely hand-to-hand combat. And at the end of the first scene, there's usually James Bond standing somewhat alive, with a, with a woman. Then you start to get some backstory. Bond gets contacted by his bosses. There's some sort of new gadgets that Q gives him. An exploding car. A knife that actually looks like a, a credit card. An explosive device where you only have to push one cuff link. Come on, we've all seen enough James Bond movies to know those cool gadgets are even better than the stuff that you can buy at Brookstone. Can't buy at Brookstone because I think Brookstone's gone out of business, but you know what I'm talking about. Then there's investigation. There's a foreign land. There's more fighting, more shooting, more knives, more death, but not the death of 007. And at the end, the good guy, 007, wins and the bad guy, Usually dies. Oh yeah, by the way, the final scene is always James Bond with a beautiful woman. Many times, the former woman that was somehow involved with the bad guy. And yet, I think Daniel Craig's on the count for one more. If it comes out, will you go see it? Hell to the yeah, you're gonna. Right? You know how it ends. It's like Rocky. Somehow Rocco pulls this one out. I mean, you mean to tell me the Rockets weren't predictable? They have all the makings of a disappointing, really exciting, really expensive NBA team. You got a brilliant mastermind in Daryl Morey who surrounds himself with some of the best and brightest thinkers, both from and outside of the basketball world. He hires a renowned offensive coach who's never won anything in the States of any sort of importance, but he's been an unbelievable regular season coach and been so close before in the postseason, and his style is completely and totally, usually, with the exception of with the Rockets, likable and watchable. You mix in James Harden, who's great on offense, but has to have the ball constantly, plays very little defense, but is such an amazing talent that he gets a pass during much of the regular season. But he, too, has never won anything. Pair him with Chris Paul, who's in the, be- in the process of being over the hill, who usually gets hurt, who often challenges teammates, and even when he's right, they fight him towards his challenges, and it ends up leaving with a lot of hurt feelings. And then you look at the storylines of the last two years. They're put together to take down one team, the Golden State Warriors. And what failed them? Chris Paul's health. How could we ever have seen that coming? And the three-point shot where they missed 27 consecutive threes in a row. And oh yeah, by the way, supposed home court advantage, which doesn't actually exist in Houston because if you've been watching over the last half decade, they always lose their last game at home. Fast forward to this season. Fast forward to this season. And now Paul has become more aligned, at least in theory, with this James Harden dominates the ball. I just stand there and watch him go one-on-one and hope the ball comes my way. Knowing that it won't work out long term. They tried to add Carmelo, that lasts a month. They get all the way to the playoffs and face the Warriors. And here's the only plot twist. This year, it's the Warriors who lose a player. Actually, down two. DeMarcus Cousins also out. But Kevin Durant out from the midpoint, essentially, of Game 5 and all of Game 6. And they still couldn't get it done. And shocker, Chris Paul has some probably not that nice things to say about James Harden dominating the ball. And even though we all know that Chris Paul is, in fact, right, Good luck convincing James Harden to do anything other than what he's been able to win an MVP award doing. Stop me if you heard this before, but a James Harden team. Stop me if you heard this before, but a Chris Paul team. Stop me if you heard this before, but a Mike D'Antoni team came up just short in the playoffs. Oh yeah, and analytics, great in a large sample size of a regular season, but like the Oakland A's so many times before them, comes up short in the playoffs. And now they hate each other. And oh yeah, by the way, in addition to not liking each other, not agreeing in terms of styles that allow them to be successful, you have Chris Paul under contract for the worst three years, likely of his career, and James Harden under a Supermax deal. And you're so stuck in cap hell that the only way in which you could possibly get rid of, say, a Chris Paul would be to take on two or more bad contracts because you're giving away a terrible Albert Pujols-like contract. The dynasty that never was, was completely and totally predictable, much like a James Bond movie. And much like a James Bond movie, I'm here for. I'll go watch it. I'll buy the popcorn, which is overpriced. I'll sit in that comfy seats and I'll enjoy the hell out of it. I think I've seen every James Bond movie two times over. Just like I've seen every Houston Rockets type of team two times over. And this is the way it ends. Poorly.
5: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
2: I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States.
3: Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession.
2: But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake.
3: As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
7: What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first take...
6: And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Chris Haynes joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Uh, he's a senior NBA insider for Yahoo Sports. Follow him on Twitter at Chris B. Haynes. Check out his Posted Up with Chris Haynes podcast. This week's guest is Ice Cube, who messed around and dropped a triple-double, course, founder of the Big Three. Uh, do you believe... That there is added tension between Harden and P- and Chris Paul over style of play.
8: Added tension? I don't know, but I- I'll say this is that. I mean, it, it's it's cl- it's clearly believable if you look at the way the offense has moved, or or I should say not moved. <laughs> I mean, with the way James Harden, you know, pounds the ball for about eighteen of the twenty four seconds, and then you look at Chris Paul, who's used to having the ball in his hands, making most of the plays. And you can see how there there would be conflict, especially in a playoff series of that magnitude against the Golden State Warriors, in which they wanted that matchup for years, and they felt like they were the better team. So you can see how things will escalate and get to a point of you know a bickering between the two. So it's it's clearly believable, but uh, you know, it's not it's not much of a shock if I should say.
1: Is there anything they can do? Uh, other than, hey, you guys gotta work it out, right? Like they can't move I don't know how you would move Chris Paul and you're not gonna move James Harden.
8: You can't I mean you can't move any of those guys. I mean Chris Paul he's still a he's still a a great player in this league, but people will look at that contract and say it's unmovable. So this is a situation where they just gotta work you know, work itself out. I mean, we've seen players get into it with one another before. I mean it's, that's not a shock. So I don't know if I don't know if this is anything that's going to you know, extending to the off season where where you know, where they're still at odds. I just think it was a competitive playoff match. There was a lot there was, there were there was a there was a lot um rioting on that series. They really thought they had a chance to advance and, and ultimately get to the finals. And so I, I think I think it was clearly that.
1: Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Chris Haynes is our guest from Yahoo Sports. He's our senior NBA insider Let's get to the other news of the day, which is Kevin Durant unlikely to play in Game 1 of the NBA Finals. Uh, the Warriors released a statement that, that reiterated that, as well as the idea that DeMarcus Cousins should play in the NBA Finals. First, let's start with Durant. Just how bad is this calf strain? First, he went from, oh, it's an Achilles, to, now it's a calf strain, to now, you know, you can talk about being out three, four weeks. I
8: have to look, I think right now, the Warriors are being very cautious in how they bring him back. They don't want to rush. They don't want to, you know, him to re-injure it again. And I feel like they, you know, they feel like obviously they have time on their side. And what I mean by that, obviously they had nine days off, you know, going into the finals before the finals start. And then the, just the way they're playing so well, too. It's like, why rush them? And so I, you know, I expect both of those guys to return during the finals. You know, the Warriors almost we um, stated that it wouldn't be game one. For, for either of the players. And so they expect them back. And that's, I think that's why the Warriors feel like they have the luxury right now to give them all the time that's necessary for them to get back 100% and not risk being re-injured.
1: Who would they rather play?
8: I think they would rather play Milwaukee. Why? Um, I, I, I think, um, well, first of all, no nobody likes going into the customs. You know, that, that's, that's just, that, that's terrible. You know, you, if you ask me personally, I, I'd rather go to Milwaukee. <laughs> Even though the city of Toronto is beautiful, but yeah. it, it, it's, it's about an hour process getting through customs. And NBA players, they don't skip that. They they can't skip that. They go through the same. I remember one time I was um, leaving Toronto, going through customs, the same like the same strenuous search, pat down, and everything that, that goes on with it. The Raptors were like five feet away, going through the same thing. And so, but but aside from that, just basketball wise, I, I think. Um, I think they look at maybe look at Milwaukee as being more predictable. Obviously, if you can stop uh, um, um, Giannis from penetrating, um, getting from A to B, I think you're going to have a lot more success with Milwaukee, as is Toronto. When they're playing well, they have a a bunch of bunch of different weapons, and you know I think that's what they were leaning towards.
1: What about Milwaukee? I mean, Giannis suddenly looks human. Um, Obviously, they didn't make shots, but. Giannis' inability to make free throws and make jump shots has kind of reappeared. Is that just playing on the road, or do you think suddenly now uh, it's in his head?
8: No, I think, I think what it really is, Doug, I think it's just playing in the postseason. You know, and that, that's why I'm a proponent of, you know, end-of-the-season awards, like being, being, us being able to uh, tally up playoff performance as well. Because, you, you know, in the regular season, teams do not game plan for the other opponents during the regular season. There's very much, There's very little video being watched the other team. For the most part, especially good teams, they're worrying about themselves. They're focused on themselves. They're trying to run things. You know, they're not game planning and scheming for the teams during the regular season. And so Giannis is dominant as he is. You know, he's able to get to point A to point B in, 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 in just dominating fashion. But in the playoffs, when there are schemes, when they're going to build a wall around you and force you to make jump shots, which, you know, that's the weakest part of his game. And that's where I'm not going to say he's getting, being exposed, but that's where you can kind of limit his effectiveness. And that's when it really matters. You know, it, it's easy to go out there and play, play against the Phoenix Suns, Memphis Grizzlies, you know, Charlotte Hornets. It's easy to go play against them and put up numbers. But when teams are game planning, and scheming for you and taking away – your true dominant uh, aspect of your game, then that's 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 when you see, you know, who, who's really real. And, and, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's not real. But I'm saying there's ways of limiting him right now because he lacks a consistent jump shot. And I think that's just what's happening with him right now.
1: I think it's completely accurate. Everything you just said, it was a great breakdown. Chris Haynes joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. KD came pretty hard at Chris Broussard uh, when Chris Broussard, you know, uh, he, he was trying to support th- this this idea that NBA players are telling him you kind of got to put an asterisk by his first two championships because the team has played so well or so successfully in in his absence, and then it got and then he basically called him a liar. You know that's what cap means uh, in terms of like, Broussard doesn't have his number. Broussard's like, look, I- DMs, IG DMs, it doesn't matter to me. We've communicated. What do you make of KD having these rabbit ears that he's going to respond, continue to respond, as he said he would, on social media while he's not playing?
8: I uh, mean, he, he, he wants that smoke. Uh, you know, I asked him, you know, I spoke to him a little bit, you know, this week. And uh, he, he said he's having fun. He's going to go out there. He, he does it. You know, there's people that say, man, why are you doing that, KD? You know, the greats don't act like that. He he's just like man. Look, I'm gonna do me. I'm gonna have fun. I'm young. I like to scroll on Twitter and Instagram and see the comments. I want to respond too. Like, why should that diminish who I am as a player? Because that's the way I like to interact. And so, with all that being said, man, I I, I don't know. You know, to 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 the point that Chris made about the you know the asters, I don't necessarily believe that. And I know he said that's what players are telling him because I, I don't think it, it, it's it's hard for me to believe that the Warriors win those. The last two finals without KD, you know, he 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 single-handedly got them the series, and um, you know, so that's that's hard from that aspect. But look, they're playing well, you know, they're playing well. They they reverted back to the things that they were doing prior to KD arriving, and they're playing significant ball. But I but I do have a hard time thinking. Like I'll say this: if KD was out for the entire finals, I would think. I I I me personally, my eyes will be on Toronto or Milwaukee. Well, Not I mean I mean like look, Chris, you.
1: to, to your to your point, Portland led that series. Now Portland's without Nurkic and no one no one actually thought Portland was the second best team in the West, right? Mm-hmm. They they kind of overachieved him to get there in the playoffs, but Portland led a hundred and one minutes, trailed only eighty three minutes. Like that's crazy. They were up seventeen, eighteen, and seventeen in the last three games and lost all three of those games. So, I mean, even though it, it it was a sweep and, you know, to, to the layman, somebody didn't watch the games, doesn't feel that competitive. All of those games were competitive except for game one when they were still gassed from from the game seven. Um, And and that's without Ke- – with Kevin Durant, they dominate that series. I mean, we, everybody knows they're be- better. So, I, m- my thing is I don't think – I agree with you that I disagree with Chris Broussard's comment and whoever – whatever NBA players said as much, but I disagree. I I mean, I I just don't understand how Kevin Durant thinks he's going to succeed in LA or in New York. If while he's not playing in Oakland, he invites all of this, uh, criticism and attention on social media.
8: Well, that's a totally different story though. You know, that's, that's a whole other aspect about him and just what he likes to do in his off time. It's going to be tough, you know, if he were to leave and go to, you know, go to one of those markets, if that team is not succeeding, yeah, I mean, it's going to it's going to be tough. I'll be interested to see how he handles that. You know, with, with, with all that being said, Doug, I think you know we talk about Portland. You mentioned them. You know, they they lucked up and they were smart. I forgot the last regular season game they played, but they, I forgot what they played, but it had huge implications on where they ended up in the brackets, like. If they won or lost that game, they would have ended up on the side with the with the Rockets and Warriors. And they made sure they got on the bracket side where they wouldn't have to face Golden State until the finals. So they did that right. They handled that right. It, that was just a favorable bracket matchup. And, they you know, they weren't obviously weren't the second-best team. I think we we'll all agree Houston and Golden State was the cream of the crop in the conference. But they, they did what they had to do, and it was close throughout. But at the end of the day, you know, what what, what happened was, in Portland, Doug, there's Dame, CJ, and then there's a dramatic dip in talent from there. And so Portland got swept in a, in a playoff this year and last year because both of those teams, New Orleans and Golden State, just focused on Dame, took the ball out of his hands, double-trapped him, and tr- made everybody else take those shots and try to make them beat him. And that's why, the, the, that's why they lost, because of the roster construction. It wasn't because the Dame didn't perform well. He just couldn't get open because they kept double trapping the hands of him.
1: Which, which, which is interesting because now Damian Lillard is eligible for the Supermax, and I, 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 get that. Look, take every penny that that's coming to you, but you know, like, aren't we do- doomed to repeat this? Right? If if you take all the money that they're going to give you, at some point it's going to come back around to hey, we don't have the cap money because you took so much money that you had earned to have the Supermax.
8: You, you can say that, Doug, but you can also look at the decisions that management made over there with Neil O'Shea, giving Mo Harkless the money he gave him, giving myers Zurich, the money he gave him, giving Evan Turner the money he gave him, giving Adam, Alan Crabb the money he gave him. Yep. So that hamstrung the team more than anything. Like The, the player who actually deserves to get, get paid, why should he have to take less? You know. So at a certain point, you've got to look at the front office and, and see how it makes and see how they're um, see how they're forking out this dough to players who didn't perform well all this time. That that was the problem. That's the reason. So when we're looking at why the Portland Trailblazers, you know, failed two years in a row if you want to call this season a failure, look at the game plan of which these teams played game and then the reason why they played them that way was because of the roster construction and the way that the money was distributed to players who didn't perform up to par.
1: Yeah. I, I also think that they don't have a Draymond, right? Like, let's just yeah. be honest. The, the Draymond, like, they have they have their own staff. I don't think he's as good as staff, but they have their own staff. They have their own clay. Not as good a shooter, but maybe a better playmaker than, than Clay and CJ. Uh, they have some other interesting parts. They do not have a Draymond. And... Uh, Dre, as much as everybody's talking about Steph, rightfully so, he's been spectacular. I'm not sure people are noticing. Draymond looks lighter, flying around, making shots, and has been a dominant player in his role when Kevin Durant's been out.
8: He he's been a difference maker. I, I would consider him the MVP of that series, man. He's flying defensively. He's a lockdown defender, grabbing boards, pushing the pace on make and miss uh, makes and misses. He, he was phenomenal, distributing the ball. He did it all. But, Doug, to your point about, um, you know, the Supermax and what do they do, does he take it, what do you think about the others? In them? I'm interviewing you right now. Charlotte has a dilemma now. You know, yep. So, a, at least with Portland, you know, that's a playoff team, and you're going to give a Supermax to somebody who can lead you to the playoffs. What do you do if you're solid, somebody who didn't make the playoffs but now Kimball Walker is eligible for that Supermax?
1: I mean, you have to I mean, the way the business works is you have to offer them the Supermax. It's the only thing they can Ooh. do. I, I know. That's tough. I know. I mean, I, I don't know what it, this is this is the problem with the it's it's the double-edged sword of the the problem with the 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 definite defined number within the CBA is like look, LeBron, KD, Steph, these guys you you can't really find a true value for them. Um, mm-hmm. The other part, and so they're going to be played less than they should, and then the, the converse well, happens for the guys that are a notch below the Kembas of the world, probably the Damian Lillard's of the world. That you know they're not worth you know fifty million dollars a year, but you have to pay it. You just have to. No one has ever, you know, to my knowledge, no one's ever gone like, yeah, we're going to pass on that for one of their one of their. The, the Spurs would have done it if, if you know, even though Kawhi Leonard sat out a year on them. So that's the yeah. that's the crazy part about this thing. Uh, Chris Haynes joining us on the Doug Gottlieb show. You've had we've had a week since the Magic Johnson thing. I'm just wondering, uh, you're now hearing more about the Clippers? You're now hearing more about the Nets. We had hear, heard about um a thawing of the frost between Kyrie and LeBron. End of the day, how much does what happened with the Lakers and Magic Johnson? hurt the team in free
8: agency? I think it does hurt. I mean, I don't know that it would be the overwhelming reason of why a player will say, I'm not going there. But I think they have to obviously consider all of that and look into it. And, you know, look, there's been a lot of things that have been going wrong with the Lakers over the last couple of years. And then you just add that dynamic. I mean, It's going to be tough, man. Look, the the Lakers were going to be behind the eight ball and acquired a top three agent this summer anyways. Anyways. And so now you add all this mess that's going on, and and is Magic, and and like him or not, Magic is the Lakers' best recruiter. Period. Period. Is he going to be in that role moving forward? can he be in that role moving forward? Do the people that you know, you know, he was speaking about, you know, on first take the other day, you know, are, are they going to be able to uh, handle that? Handle him being in the room? It, it's tough, man. They got they got a lot to figure out, man. And I know, it, you know it, it, and they expect LeBron to be there and, and help them recruit. And so it, it's going to be they're behind the eight ball, Doug. And I, I'm, it's going to be interesting to see how they pull all this together. All
1: right, Mike Budenholzer came out critical of Drake. I think a lot of people have been like, too much Drake. Uh, Drake's now talking trash back at Mike Budenholzer, uh, but no matter how much you like Drake or want him to be involved, like the league has to has to do something about this. Like, look, dude, you can't be massaging <laughs> the coach as a fan. Like, imagine as crazy as Steve Ballmer is. Steve Ballmer never leaves yeah. his general seating area, and he actually owns the Clippers. What do you think about yeah. the whole Drake thing?
8: Well, I'll say this: uh, Drake's seat is pretty close to to where the coach roams at, so that that's. That, that's just easy access to him. You know, Ballmer usually sits behind the basket. So that's a long walk for him to go over there and start massaging on Doc Rivers. But I'll say this. You know, Drake is, he's animated. I, I, me personally, I think it's a little too much. But you have to remember, like, you know, as far as the Raptors are concerned, you know, that was one of the reasons why they made Drake an ambassador of the team. You know, because Toronto has a hard time bringing in free agents, and they have a hard time retaining their own free agents. And so they thought, you know, they felt like Drake, somebody's hip, cool, appeals to the, the the millennials, you know, can just bring a hipness, coolness. And he's cool with most of the, the star players in the league. And so for them, they like that. And it gets them attention. And I guess TV ratings, uh, maybe maybe TV stations are, you know, hey, let's pick up a couple more Raptors games and see what Drake is going to do. You know, so I, for them, they love it. But if I'm the league, I, I don't know. I don't know how, how I would handle that. I don't know if they have to take a stern stance on, you know, either way. But, uh, for me personally, I, I think it's just too much.
1: Best thing, give me the best thing, uh, Ice Cube told you that you didn't know.
8: Man, check this out. So the best thing Ice Cube told me, well, the I think, you know, cause I was just more interested in it, you know, Friday and iconic movie, yeah. uh, it's part of, part of a lot of our, you know, our childhood. I asked them like, who, who were some of the, 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 the cast members who almost didn't make the show? Like, because, you know, most of the pe- people on the, on the show, we, we deem them as their household names now. Sure. You know, he told me Smokey, you know, who ran away with the show, stole the show with his personality and, Chris and, Tucker. His, yeah. and comedic brilliance. Chris Tucker was supposed to be DJ Pooh, which DJ Pooh is Red. Red is the one yep. where Debo snaps his chain away. So he was supposed to play Smokey, and the, the, the movie... The the movie company said, no, nah, we needed a more experienced com- uh, comedic who experienced acting in that role. So can you imagine if Friday was out without Chris Tucker playing Smokey? That, it, it wouldn't have been the same. It wouldn't have been the hit that it was. And so there was a lot of, of, of things, uh, of gems that Ice Cube dropped uh, in that podcast for music to his movie career, to beef that nobody knew about, to shot people took at him that nobody knew about. So I definitely encourage you. Like, if you're a big history buff um, on music, culture, movies, Cube Drop gems never told before. So I, I I really, that was that was the most fun podcast I ever did.
1: Wow, most fun ever. And he's had some really good ones. Posted up with Chris Haynes as the podcast Download really It's a really good pod in the past. I have no, if it's the most fun you've had, then this one ought to be a good one. Chris, thanks so much for joining us on Fox Sports Radio.
8: Doug, take care, my guy. Be sure to catch live editions
5: of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
2: I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C.,
3: Listen to the big take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
7: What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first take, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business
6: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Part of this, I guess, is I'm just, I don't get the Drake thing. Oh, man, y'all got to listen to Drizzy. Like, the the lyrics aren't that great. The beats aren't that You know, it doesn't make me want to dance or. They're not. It's it's good. Like I remember when Snoop Dogg's first album came out, I was like, or the Chronic, which came out before. And you you put that on today, you're like, wow, I like every one of these songs. Snoop Dogg's first album, like this, is different than anything else I'd ever heard. I don't get that sense with Drake, but whatever. He's super. He's he's big. He's big and he's a global ambassador for the Toronto Raptors. Let's give him a title so that, you know, we can give him access to the locker room and he can kind of rep our city. And always it's better off. Drake has always been known to wear the t-shirt or hat of the team that wins. This will basically buy his love. And it's worked. Uh, Until games three and four of the Eastern Conference Finals where Drake is out of control. Like, hey, dude, nobody came here to see you. And I, I get it. Like, you're Drake. You're huge. You can date anybody, talk to anybody, walk anywhere, but you're at somebody else's show. Just it's crazy disrespectful to the actual players of the game, let alone people trying to watch the game. Now, I, I know that this is what happens. I'll never forget. Um, Matt Holliday's joined us a couple of times. Matt's a dear friend of mine, and he's a seven-time All-Star. And he was at, he was at training camp with the St. Louis Cardinals during Lynn Sanity. You guys remember Lynn Sanity when Jeremy Lin kind of took over the NBA? And he calls me up. He's like, hey, we got the night off. I want to go down. The Knicks are coming down to play the Heat. This is LeBron and Dwayne Wade in the Heat. It was like the last game before the all-star break. Can you help me get tickets? And so I helped him get some, some pretty good tickets. And I said, what was the game like? If you remember that game, that was basically the end of Lynn Sanity. That was when the heat were like, this guy is not a starter in a real NBA game. And they just took him completely out of the game. And it was a little bit of exposure there. Well, Matt's like, not only was, did Jeremy Lynn look like a guy who was a, you know, a G League player trying to play in the NBA. But at some point in the first half, Floyd Mayweather walked in and he had like five people in front of him, five people behind him. He made sure to make a scene. He shook everybody's hand, took pictures, kissed babies before he sat down to see. And he kept standing up and sitting down like this. These are things that are done for a short period of time at NBA games, not the whole time. And you don't have the free run of the sideline. So this is not me hating on Drake. I've never totally gotten the Drake thing, but I like some Drake songs. God's plan makes no sense to me, and the only reason God's plan became popular is because he had a video where he's handing out money to other people. It's a true story. He's Hand out like ten thousand dollars to people, which is cool, but like it does again doesn't go along with the uh, by my estimation the lyrics, and the lyrics actually contradict themselves several times over. Here's my Budenholzer or coach of the Milwaukee Bucks on Drake on the sidelines.
5: I don't know how much it, 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 he's on the court. It sounds like you guys are saying it's it's more than I
2: realize there's certainly no place for fans and you know whatever it is exactly that that Drake is for the Toronto Raptors you know to be on the court you know there's there's
5: boundaries and lines for a reason
1: like whatever he is, whatever he is to them. Uh, some guy tweeted this out and then Drake you know, liked it and then put it on his story. Sports media needs to accept the simple rule, the Miami Hurricane signed into law back in the 80s. If you don't want the opposing team to celebrate or dance, prevent them from scoring, winning or achieving the, uh, achieving their objective, get over it and keep moving. Okay. Well, if that's Drake or Drake fans need to understand, you're not on the team! You are we guy on steroids or we guy on money. You're not on the team. The players don't want to tell you it, but they all think it like, what are you doing in warmups with Kentucky basketball? Like you couldn't play Kentucky. What are you doing on the court or touching a coach? Like no one does that for a reason. I'm not in your band and you're not on my basketball team. You're going to give me, let me come up and sing a couple of bars. Of course not. Hey. Hey listen, next year Coachella, Drizzy. Next year Coachella, I'm going to be kind of walking around on your stage and just give me about 15-20 seconds, maybe a minute to freestyle. I got I'll, I'll figure out something really good depending on the vibe. It's going to be dope, trust me. These things do don't happen. You know why? Like of all the people that should understand the boundaries, Drake is one of them. Because I guarantee wherever he goes, it's a lot like when I hung out one time with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is like, watch how much people like to touch me. It's weird. And you know what? Every person who came up to him wanted to like touch him. Not like shake their hands, like hug it out. Just touch him. Put their hands on him. It's a weird thing. Just like people have their own kind of personal space, teams have their own team space. And You're not part of the team. Even the owner isn't part of the team. We all get creeped out by owners that get a little bit too close. And this, of course, just signifies the difference in how the NFL is run and NBA is run. Adam Silver is brilliant. Brilliant. But his laissez-faire attitude, let everybody kind of handle it themselves. I worked one NFL game. Okay? one NFL game sideline. And if you watch the NFL, you'll notice that there's a yellow line that goes around the field outside of the sidelines. You do not step inside those yellow lines unless the game is over and you're allowed to conduct an interview or before the game has started outside of that. Nobody, no one steps inside those yellow lines. I know I was working for the TV crew and I had my foot slightly inside the yellow line and somebody from the league office called Fox and was like, what is Gottlieb doing? We do not do that. This is a, t- a sport for TV and his foot should not be because that's how the, the, the shot is i like, Oh hell, I had no idea. I was standing before the game next to Peyton Manning. Cause he was there to see his boy, Adam Gase had his son there. You know, what Peyton Manning didn't do during the game. One, he wasn't on the sideline. They usher guys off. There's nobody on sidelines. And two, he would never step inside the yellow line. That's how it's supposed to be. That's the show. You're not part of the show. Drake is the worst embodiment of We Guy. And the Raptors, I know they thought they were doing the right thing. Like, look, man, he's from Toronto. He's a great story. He's incredibly successful. He's incredibly popular. He's popular with current NBA players as well as our fans. I, I I I I completely understand that, but this is where somebody needs to go and go like, hey dude, you look like forget about now. Nah, you don't don't tell me look like an idiot. Just go can't do that. We can't have our guys on your stage, and he might say like, yeah they can. No, can't be on your stage. You you know like look the the Warriors are gonna play at least two maybe three more games at home in Oakland. And if you know about the Warriors home games now, that's that's not the same old Oakland crowd where you could get in for whatever. First two rows in Oakland, those are three comma guys. All tech dudes. They can buy and sell Drake 10 times over. If they woke up with Drake's bank account, they would fire everybody underneath them and have a heart attack in the process because something has gone seriously wrong. That's how much money those people in Oakland are worth because they don't actually live in Oakland. And you know what they don't do? They don't patrol up and down the sidelines. They're not not giving Steve Kerr. When Steve Kerr had a major back issue that kept him out for half the season, did you see anyone, anybody come up and go like, Steve, you a little, little, I know acupressure. You a little, no, good, okay. Have you ever seen that? so drake is we guy we guy is not generally all that well respected and even though he's the global ambassador the irony to it is some people chris haynes who joined us earlier from yahoo sports is like well they think it'll help land free agents
2: i'm solea Mosin, and i've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the united states
3: Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession.
2: But the problem is that that paperwork,
3: as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
7: What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first take.
6: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: How's it going to help with Kawhi Leonard? Kawhi Leonard clearly seems enamored, seems enamored with the idea of coming back to Toronto to play with Drake. Uh, by the way, why isn't he rubbing Kawhi's leg? Kawhi's leg injury more problematic in keeping Toronto from reaching the NBA finals than uh Nick Nurse's back. Somebody grab Drake, pull him aside, and go, I get it. But between we guy and helicopter parent, that's what you look like. And if no owners do it and nobody else does it, you shouldn't do it. Sit yo ass down. Have a Coke, smile, you know the rest.